0: It's playoff time, and we're back for another edition of the Nosebleeds podcast. I'm with my main men, Jackson Heil, Jimmy Sullivan, I'm Emmanuel Barbari. It's a great time of year, guys. It's really so exciting to be talking baseball on October 1st, and we have everything ahead of us, regular season behind us.
1: Only month of the year where all four major sports are going on, particularly baseball, as we mentioned, and yeah, I mean, postseason gears up tonight, you can't ask for much more, and listen... It's one of the more star-studded postseasons I think we've seen in a long time. What four teams with a hundred wins this year? That hasn't happened. Insane. Ever yeah. really? So it's going to be really interesting to watch, and I think that. For the most part, it's going to be chalk, and I'll get to that later, but it, it, I think it's going to be really entertaining, especially once we get to the ALCS.
0: Jimmy Sullivan's our Mets beat reporter at the station and a little bit of a soliloquy, maybe, on the Mets' season. <laughs> Success, failure, Jimmy. I saw you take failure to Twitter, and the Mets finished 10 games over after being 10 under at the break. And still, they may lose a manager. It doesn't look like many people are viewing this season as ex- A success.
2: So I do look at this season as fun.
0: There were fun moments. There were fun
2: series. There were fun games. But if your barometer for success as a franchise is fun, you have a serious problem. So that's why I would go ahead and say that this season is a failure. Because you look at the start of their year, right? Even before the season starts, in the offseason, they go out. They get Robinson Cano, Edwin Diaz. They sign Wilson Ramos and Jed Lowry and Jerry's Familia and all these guys. They're trying to make a run at it. In their mind's eye, they're going all in. Now, to go all in, all in is not something that the Mets really can do between the payroll constraints and, frankly, the decision-making that happened. But I still look at this season as a failure because, yes, even though they came back and they finished 10 games over 500, they were resilient all that. They had all the comeback victories. That's great. Don't get me wrong. However, when you go into a season making the moves they did and the bravado that they had, Come get us is the thing that's still at the front of my mind right now, even a year later. You can't follow that up with going into the All-Star break, 10 games under 500. Yes, you finish 86-76. and Yes, you're within three games of a playoff spot, which is a bit of a misnomer at the end of the day. But I still don't think it's a success because you went into the season with higher expectations.
0: It is pretty crazy that the Mets made that run. And when you went into September, you might have thought 86 wins was enough. You might have been like, okay, if we get to 86, we'll be pretty happy about where we were. The Brewers just happened to transpire. <laughs> they just <laughs> happened, and they basically did not lose down the stretch, costing the Mets to that playoff spot, but they really cost it for themselves with some of those losses. The six-run lead in, in Washington, blowing that up. The Philadelphia game back in June. That whole series back in June. <laughs> the Cubs series where they got swept when they really needed to make some noise. So... This Mets bullpen, this Mets team as a whole, I think, was not equipped to be a playoff team this year. Does that mean it's a failure? I'm not sure, because look at how much went right this year. Alonzo burst upon the scene. McNeil is a sensational player. J.D. Davis was a find, and he became a fixture in that everyday lineup. Ahmed Rosario emerged this year. Wilson Ramos was great in the second half. And You look across the board, not much went wrong in the lineup. And all five starters made 30 starts. Like, they did not get hurt. So, I think you can view it as, okay, all that happened and we still missed the playoffs. But so much went right. And it was almost like the bullpen cost them the year. This season is
1: nothing short of a failure for the Mets. It's absolutely a failure. Ow. You could argue it's a catastrophic failure. And I'll, t- I'll tell you why. I mean, lo- look at what the Mets did this off season. I mean, Jimmy, you mentioned it. You trade... Basically, your biggest pieces in the farm system, a guy in Jared Kalenich who's going to be a top 10 prospect in baseball next year, for Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano. At the deadline, you give up your two best pitching prospects in Anthony Kay and Simeon Woods-Richardson, I believe his name is, for Marcus Stroman. You're talking about a team that went all in. You're talking about a GM who told the rest of the NL East to come and get us. Yeah, you had Pete Alonso hit 53 home runs. That's great. You had Jacob DeGrom, who's probably going to win the Cy Young this year. Y- you could call it what you want with building blocks, but that's all stuff for next year. If you're looking at this year alone, this year alone is absolutely a failure for Mets. This is a team that was more than talented enough to arguably even win 100 games. With look, You look at what they were constructed of. You had a bullpen that, despite... Being terrible was incredibly talented and having one of the best, most talented relievers what in What do you baseball. attribute
0: that to, though? Because everyone was bad in the bullpen. And that basically cost them the season. When you look at the games I just listed off for you that they could have had, that's a difference in three games. That's a difference of maybe being a 95-win team and an 86-win team. And early in the year, I was getting on Mets fans. I'm like, do not blame the bullpen. Don't just say, okay, if we held these leads, we'd be a good baseball team. But when you're at 86 wins, when push comes to shove, those games matter. To be, oh, yeah, to be I mean, quite honest, yeah.
1: I don't know what you what you chalk it up to, whether it's bad coaching or guys just having down years, but I mean, the, the bullpen was talented enough to be one of the best in baseball. I, I think that's pretty clear, I mean, especially with the arms the Mets have. I mean, Seth Lugo and Justin Wilson were both great this year, but if Edwin Diaz is the guy he is, if Jerry Familia comes in and is the guy he was the last few years, you have plenty of other arms in the pen who are talented as well. it it was a bullpen that was talented enough to back up a great starting pitching staff and also a lineup that was surprisingly great this year with some great additions. I, I just think it's inexcusable to me for Mets fans to consider this year a success because, one, you went all-in this year, and you basically come out empty-handed. And, two, you have a GM who you're really not sure is the guy, and you have a manager who, if he is managing the team next year, that being Mickey Callaway. That this year is even bigger of a failure because if I think anything was proven this year, it was that Mickey Callaway cannot be the manager of the New York Mets going forward. And if that's going to be the case this year, this year was an even bigger failure than I'm making it out to be.
2: I think... When you ask about chalking it up to the bullpen and why they were bad, I think some of it was regression. Jerry's Familia was in for a regression after last year. They still signed him, and they shouldn't have. Edwin Diaz cannot keep the ball in the ballpark to save his life. He gave up an insane amount of home runs. I don't know what the exact number was, but it doesn't matter because he gave up so many critical ones at so many bad times. And this is a team that missed the playoffs by three games. Pick any three games that the bullpen blew. You will have no shortage of games to choose from. To pick and say, yeah, they win this game, they win this game, they win this game, they're in. And and that's that's the problem with the Mets because I look at their core, like you were alluding to, Jackson. Alonzo, DeGrom, McNeil, Conforto. If you took any other team and put those four guys on it, those other teams that would kill for that. They would love to have guys like that. They would love to have a four best players who are that good. And that's not even considering some of the other pitchers. So I, I look at it as a failure because, yes, you had you have all-world building blocks. And the way this front office is built around them wasn't good. Other than the J.D. Davis move, there haven't been a ton of moves that worked out. Yes, Wilson Ramos hit well, but there was the whole flap with Syndergaard and the personal catcher fiasco. Um, And most of the other moves just didn't work out. I mean, yes, Justin Wilson was great out of the bullpen. Seth Lugo kind of became a little bit like the Andrew Miller role, if you will. Multiple innings, he could go get you a save over a couple. But other than that, I mean, this roster was badly constructed. And in some ways... I think, won in spite of themselves at some points during the season because with how poorly this roster was constructed, even around those amazing core pieces that I just mentioned, it's almost amazing that they did win 86 games because the bullpen was flawed, there was not enough bench depth, which they added to later in the season, but there were issues on this roster, and honestly, I actually think Mickey Callaway deserves some credit for getting this team to 86. Really? really.
0: Before we put a bow on this because we have a lot to get to in this episode including playoff preview Mickey Calloway's job is up in question right now the meetings are taking place this week where the Mets are going to evaluate where they want to send this organization moving forward in terms of the managerial search to kind of go off what you're saying Jimmy Mickey Calloway kept this clubhouse the entire year they liked playing for him you ask anyone in there they like playing for him and when the Mets were slapped in the face time and time again and this season could have imploded the players did not implode. And if you're not going to attribute that to the manager, you can't attribute it to much. So yes, they kind of ran into 86 wins. I think because they were a very talented team. Like that team with that run differential, with that amount of talent up and down the roster should at least win 86 games. So I think the talent speaks to the win total. Mickey Calloway, does he keep his job? I'm not sure. If there's much he did wrong this year other than be a fool with the media. Because when he says Edwin Diaz is electric when he gets lit up, it makes him look bad. When he calls Tim Healy of Newsday and is about to beat him up and Jason Vargas is trying to tag team with him, that looks dumb. So, aside from that, he puts Diaz in the game, he blows the game. Is that Callaway's fault? No. Well, what are his other options? That's the thing, right? So there were certain games Callaway when, didn't do much wrong. when
2: Lugo and Wilson would be unavailable, and it's like, where are you going to go? I don't know. So I, I think, I don't know if Mickey Calloway is going to keep his job. Uh, part of the job of being a manager is being a press secretary, and Mickey Calloway is not a very good press secretary. He's awful. When, when he says that Noah Syndergaard battled after giving up 10 runs in three innings. I mean, what do you? He was what do good, you even, with the
0: exception of a few mistakes. What do, he you even,
2: what do you even say to that? I mean, how do you even like follow up with a question? Every pitch on that? was good. I don't good. know how you do.
0: Every pitch Cindergaard threw was good, except the one where they hit a grand slam. <laughs> except <laughs> yeah.
2: that one. So it's t- it's it's tough to justify. But I don't know if if firing Kelly, depending on who they bring in, because there are a couple difference makers managerial wise on the market right now. The two that come to mind for me. Joe Madden, who might be going out west. I've heard him link to the Angels. He's going to the Angels. And Joe Girardi. And I don't if you don't get either of those two, I don't know how much firing Callaway and bringing in a new manager, whether internally or from outside the organization, is going to move the needle. They're not paying them though, and that's Callaway's the making 800k.
0: They're not shelling out four million for Joe Girardi, and that's why my gut says he comes back because the Mets are not. Or the Mets are hesitant to pay two managers. So Jackson, before I, we put a bow on this, why doesn't Callaway deserve to stay? Because you've been shaking your head during this entire conversation. Well,
1: first off, I, I kind of disagree that he deserves really a ton of credit for what the Mets did this year for a few reasons. One. You mentioned that they basically got to 86 games off talent alone. This was a roster, like I said, you could argue this is a roster talented enough to win 100 games. Is is that a crazy statement to make? Yes, the bullpen has its flaws. But when you have a starting rotation like that, you have a lineup like that, and you do have talent in the bullpen.
0: Overrated that, rotation, though.
1: That, that roster, I, well, let's relax. You have a Cy Young winner there, and you have... How did three four pitch? Pa- pieces after that. How good
0: is Steven Matz? Wheeler had a bad year. so. Well, Wheeler's second half was, was great. really good. Wheeler and was I, tremac- and I, Wheeler's I like- a
1: top 15 pitcher in, in war this year in the entire league.
0: He had a bad first half. And then you look at Syndergaard underperforming. Steven Matz, who even knows what it's he is. It's still a top These rotation in baseball, though. So I, I'm, I'm not sold on the fact that this rotation is just like, okay, this rotation is great. Let's go win 100 well, games. All right,
1: regardless. But it my argument here more is that this is a roster talented enough to win the NL East, no?
0: Maybe. Um, the, Braves the Braves winning 98-99 really games. I'm not sure if you're going to The, Bra- the Braves' that. core pieces are amazing. Acuna,
2: Albert. So, so are the Mets, though. Yeah, but I, the Braves are your core, really Your good.
1: core pieces in New York is a Rookie of the Year winner this year, a Cy Young winner, plenty of other good starting All pitchers. All right, we can agree they're Jeff better McNeil. than 90
0: wins. Like, Yeah, probably. They're a lot better than what they produce. Okay, well, a-
1: anyways, on to the next point. I completely disagree about the argument that he kept the locker room together. There were so many instances this year where the Mets were in the media for the wrong reasons in the locker I mean, Jason Vargas almost getting into a fight in the locker room. All well behind Callaway, though.
0: That's supporting Callaway. As the whole stuff as it with is. Syndergaard
1: <laughs> and Wilson Ramos, too. Like you got to keep that stuff under control. Brody Van Wagenen throwing job. the chair.
0: Well, also, I think this also comes from the fact that Brody Van Wagen isn't isn't very good at his job either. So I I completely agree with that. Him managing the game from his front office and then letting that get out, I think is more of a reflection on the shambles that the organization is in. It's hard for a young manager like Calloway to deal with something. How do you
1: like let that? a general manager do that though? Like like how how do you let a first year GM manage from his couch basically? Like how how do you let that happen? At least a if Brian
0: Cashman's doing that, he knows how to do it. Like
1: but, but at least in this case, like. Cashman and Boone are in complete agreement, pretty much, on what's going on. That does not seem to be the case in New York whatsoever. And this is all on top of questionable lineup decisions, questionable pitching changes here on and here out. I, I think it would be a shame for the Mets to not move on from Mickey Calloway. I-, I think there are plenty of better options. Obviously, Girardi and Madden stick out, but I, I think you could bring in a number of Different guys. Even if if Philly moves on from Gabe Cla- Kapler, I wouldn't have a problem with them going that direction as you well. you want to lose the
0: clubhouse. Bring him in.
1: Well, they already lost it in <laughs> no, in New didn't. York, so I I think that there's plenty of there will be plenty of good options on the table if the Mets move. All on right, so East the Coward. Mets go 86
0: and 76. We air our grievances there. We head on to the postseason where the Mets will not be, and the wild card games. First one tonight, NL wild card game. Nationals, Brewers in D.C. Tomorrow we get the wild card game of all wild card games. Oh, yes. In Oakland, it's the A's and the Rays. And baseball is just happy that one of them will not be moving on because that's a ratings uh, plummeter, even though both teams are admirable based on what they've done this year. So let's start with the NL. Very interesting in that I think if the Nationals move on, they are a serious threat. The Brewers, maybe not so much without Yelich and how depleted they are even though they went on that magical run. If the Nationals are able to win this game, I think they are a huge threat to the Dodgers in the first round of the NL playoffs. The question is, can the Nationals get over their demons? Because every big game at Nationals Park, they lose. They, the, the bullpen could cough it up tonight, they, like always. They still
1: haven't won a playoff series in their career in Washington. Like They, they still have yet to win one playoff series. Like, fathom that. They, they've been to so many game fives. I mean, the game five against LA a few years ago, the game five against Chicago sticks out as well. I mean, they're they like all the, home games, too. The game five they blew against St. Louis in 2012 is the one that really sticks out to me, where they didn't throw Scherzer, uh, not Scherzer, Strasburg in the postseason. So, listen, I, I think that they're the clear favorites to win a wild card game. My question is, how does Dave Martinez handle the wild card game? Because there's rumors he's going to be using. His plan is to use Scherzer Strasburg, Corbin, and Annabal Sanchez in the wildcard game. <laughs> like two innings apiece. Which I don't think is crazy.
0: Don't use Sanchez. Like I use your best guys. I know Annabelle Sanchez is one of your best guys. That's a reason for that argument. I, I Sanchez know, I, had a quality year. I, I know he had a quality year. What I'm saying is like if you're gonna use a lot of guys, at least use like, you know, Scherzer into Strasbourg. Why but, do you gotta use everyone just to I, use them? I, I
1: get you have to get to the NLDS first, but if you use those three guys, you're putting yourself in a position to lose. The NLDS.
0: I agree, Which and also is, I think it's a little look. A tough you're starting Scherzer. There's a good chance he's giving you a very good outing tonight. Mm-hmm. If you want to win this game, you already have a good shot to win it with Scherzer, and it's a one-game playoff. Regardless, it's so random that you don't know what's going to happen. You could use all four and win, or you could use all four and lose. So you may as well just ride your best pitcher. Hope he gives you a good outing. Maybe have Strasburg or Corbin waiting behind him. Close the game out and move on with your life. Because you don't know one bad inning and the Brewers are winning this game. So that's the thing about a wild card game where, like, the Nationals could win on paper, but you can't win these games on paper. You really can't. And and the thing is, too, if you
2: get six innings from Max Scherzer – Let's just play this out here hypothetically. You get six from Scherzer. You could go Strasburg, Corbin, and maybe you don't go to Sanchez. Maybe you go to a guy like Doolittle who they're I don't maybe reluctant to
0: use. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see him either in a game like this. This is where I agree with Martinez. Doolittle's had a terrible year, though. Yeah, he For has. his standards. And he's yeah. turned it around a little bit in September, but like, this is where I agree with Martinez. I'd go six or five or whatever you want to do with Scherzer. Hope you have a lead. I wouldn't use your bullpen. Like, <laughs> I do not want to see doodle in this game. That's just so classic Nationals to cough the game up that way.
2: But we, we saw the Red Sox last year win a World Series getting creative like that with right. their starters. Nathan Evaldi came on for like an eight-inning save in Game 3 of the World Series. It's what the so Yankees want to do this year. It's what the Yankees want to do. It can be done. So I don't, I don't think it's as much of a hindrance as maybe you would think, only because when you have starters available and if you throw them an inning apiece— you'll probably have whoever you want available for game one if you win on Thursday in LA. So that's not too much of a consideration. If you don't push those guys too far, you just give them the day off on Wednesday and then they'll be good to go. I think the nationals have to be the clear favorite here. Yes. The Brewers are the hottest team in the league. They basically did not lose in September with, the exception of that final series in Colorado, which was absurd, but I, I still love the talent of the Nationals. I I think this is the Nationals team that's talented enough to go to the World Series. Oh, I totally. Really do uh, this is a Nationals team that is as talented as just about anyone in baseball. I pick them over the Dodgers. I I, I we're gonna get into that later, but I I might too. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I I'd I'd trust sure. me.
1: Oh, trust me. I I agree with you. I, I picked them to go to the World Series before the year started in, in reference to the Nationals. Just on this game for a second. I'm really interested to see how Craig Council uses his bullpen because if the Brewers get a lead in this game, that's where Washington gets into trouble because Milwaukee's bullpen has been one of the best in baseball. Hader's
0: going to go like five innings tonight.
1: Y- you could see Hader being used. Brent Suter was— <laughs> Five <laughs> innings, 12 strikeouts. Yeah. Brent Suter was terrific. In September, I mean, when they got Drew Pomerantz, he was nasty out of the bullpen. They have so many options, and they could use their stars as well. Jordan Lyles was arguably their best pitcher down the stretch. They have so many options they can use behind Woodruff. Woodruff isn't out of the going bullpen. more than
0: like two or three innings. You know that too. Like, he'll go a few. He'll, he'll not, give you a few. Not that he's getting shelled. What I'm saying is like Council's going to manage this game yeah. very creatively. There's no way yeah. Woodruff gives you a traditional five or six innings. And th-
1: that's where, like I'm saying, it gets really scary if you're Washington, if. Milwaukee gets an early lead, but obviously when you have Max Scherzer, that may not be the case. But I think it's going to be really interesting down the stretch, especially if Milwaukee gets a lead, because they have so many arms they can throw out of you out of the pen, and they're a team that's also going to probably use starters out of the bullpen. Like I mentioned, they could go Lyles, Chase Anderson could be used there. They could even go Gio Gonzalez if they really wanted to out He's of the been bullpen. Good. So they have a ton of options there that they can use, and th- that's going to get really interesting if it's like the fourth or fifth inning and Brandon Woodruff's still in, and Milwaukee has a lead. It's going to get interesting down the stretch.
0: So we're going to make picks later on, but just to kind of prioritize our time here, let's go pick on tonight's game, and then once we break down the AOL card game, we'll get picks there. Nationals, Brewers, who we got? Uh, I'm going to probably regret this later, but I'll take the Nationals. I'll take the Nats as well.
1: I, I want to take the Brewers. I, I really do, but I have concerns about their health. We don't know if Lorenzo Cain and Ryan Braun are going to play. Without Yelich, it gets interesting, Kane too. Cain doesn't but, play. That's a problem. But uh, I, I think Washington is going to win, but... Listen, I don't think anyone in this room would be surprised if they lose. So.
0: so later, for the sake of a listener here, we will go Nationals-Dodgers when we pick the NLDS for yes, all of us. Sure. Because we are moving the Nationals on to the divisional round. That game should be very fun to watch tonight. Another game that's going to be fun to watch is the Oakland A's and the Tampa Bay Rays in the AL wildcard game for a chance to play Houston, the 107-win Houston Astros. So the AL is unlike anything I've seen because you have 300-win teams. Two of them are playing each other in the DS, and then the wildcard teams are 97 and 96 wins respectively, which is just like the Yankees-A's game last year, just that whoever wins is also playing in a 100-win team in the Houston Astros, almost in a 110-win team. It's ridiculously stacked. It is going to be very fun to watch. There are five teams in this league who can realistically win the World Series. So, A's welcoming the rays this is going to be like moneyball extravaganza <laughs> it, you are going to be seeing so many different looks in this game i don't know what to make of it i, I don't, like yeah. the a's a lot but i i could easily see the rays getting out of here with a win
2: how could you not be romantic about baseball <laughs> <laughs> no this is going to be this is going to be a fun game i'll be interested to see uh how the a's manage pitching wise cuz Second straight year, they really have not had a ton of starting pitching. They picked up Homer Bailey at the deadline. He he pitched a lot for them down the stretch. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. They got Sean Minaya back as well pretty recently. So I don't know exactly how they're going to manage that. They still have not named a they starter. haven't named a starting and pitcher. I, yeah. I, 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 I checked this like five times to make sure I wasn't missing anything, and it still says Oakland TBD on my at so Bob Melvin,
1: that's fine.
2: Yeah, I, I, I mean, if he does a bullpen <laughs> game at this point, I wouldn't be surprised. Start like, Liam you, Hendricks again? <laughs> no, don't start him Yeah, again. don't do that. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh how – these teams manage these games. For once, Tampa Bay might actually be doing this a little bit more conventionally. They have got Charlie Morton. Mo- Charlie Morton going on the mound. He's been their best pitcher all year long. So, and why not? He's hey, great. <laughs> he's a, he's a guy you trust in a game like this. But I am I'm actually looking forward to this one more than I'm looking forward to the. game I
0: agree. Tonight. Yeah, I love this game.
1: I agree because it's the two best managers in baseball, in my opinion, in Kevin Cash and Bob Melvin, and you know they're going to be using everyone. I mean, you know that Kevin Cash is going to find a way to get Blake Snell into this game. You know that Tyler Glasnow is going to be going multiple innings. This is going to be a pitching extravaganza if I've ever seen one. And it'll be interesting to see who Melvin goes with to start this game because you could go with Mania because he was pretty good down the stretch after he came back from the injury. I think a bullpen game is probably the best way to go for Oakland with one of... I don't know, Mania or Fires, taking kind of the chunk load of it. But I I, I would expect an opener from them. For Tampa, you just got to hope Charlie Morton's Charlie Morton, which he has been all year. I mean, he was dominant against the Yankees, I believe, was his last start of the year. I could be wrong, but they had him lined up for the wild card game. So I, I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. But it's two teams that are very similar construct. I mean, great ball pens. Tampa Bay obviously gets the edge in starting pitching, particularly with Morton. But again, two great lineups. I mean, Marcus Semien was an MVP candidate this year for Oakland, as was Matt Chapman on the down ba- ballot. So, th- this is two teams with pretty good lineups. You have great pitching on both sides, and two of the best managers in baseball right now. So, th- this game I am stoked for, and I, I hope the Coliseum is packed, because that, that stadium can be fun. When I'm sure jam-packed.
0: it is. Yeah, they-, they tend to show out for those playoff games, and it should be fun.
1: At least it's not in the trop. That's a- all I A lot say of horns that.
0: going on, yeah. The trough would be a Disaster. <laughs> that would be an With to the play big this game. eye in the sky. Did yeah. you guys see that? That game would be decided by Catwalk, probably, if it was played at the drop. So let's go with our pick here. Then we're going to field a couple of these replies on Twitter because there are some wildcard picks and some listeners getting in on the action. A's Rays, who we got to go to Houston and play Friday?
1: I hate picking this game, man. I really do because it's two teams I admire so dearly. Um, I like. Tampa because I think Morton's going to be able to give them enough length to get them to glass Snell and then whoever you want after that but I, I, I think I have to go with Tampa on this one even in Oakland and even with how much I like the A's I just am concerned about how they get through the first few innings of this game because obviously you want to use some of your best pitchers early but Liam Hendricks is not a guy you can use in the first few innings of this game anymore because of how good he's been and how good he has to be at the back end too. So I- I'm going to go with Tampa Bay on this one. I think they'll be able to scratch out a few runs off Manaya if he pitches or one of their starters, whoever they go with and I think Tampa's going to be able to hold on late with their pitching down the stretch.
0: Oakland never wins a big game, so give me Tampa. The uh,
1: Minnesota Twins!
0: Yeah, they lose to everyone. They lose to the Twins. They lose They lose everywhere. I could see them going to the ALDS. Mad and, Dog so referenced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those, yeah, who those have, I have no idea why Jackson just squealed. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go Tampa, and not just because Oakland seems to choke up these games, but I like Morton, and I think if they get a big lead, I think Oakland's in big trouble. The Rays have a lot of underrated arms they can throw out of that bullpen, too. And if they get a lead with Morton, I really like Tampa. So give me the Rays. Man, I was going to be contrarian on
2: this one, too, I thought. But no, I I have the Rays as well. Um, You know, I I think the Rays, like you guys said, have the pitching. And they get an early lead. You know, it's a lineup that, you know, in certain cases is, I don't want to say it's overperformed, but they've got some nice pieces. They can get a couple of runs early, and then they could just turn it over to Glass now, Snell, like you said, all these other guys that got some good arms out of the pen as well. We are all in agreement
1: again. I'm gonna go. I'm Crazy. gonna go with the Rays. This yeah, scary I did
2: right not now. think we're gonna have some disagreement in the division series.
1: Also, for those who care about this type of stuff, Morton's a guy who has done some big things in the postseason too. I mean, pitched in Game Seven of the ALCS, in right. Seventeen against the Yankees. Also, I believe he closed out the World Series that year. He did. If I'm yes, correct, he, he pitched the last few innings of that one too. So. Uh, he's a guy who who's pitched under the big lights before, and if Oakland that matters, isn't going to scare him. Yeah, maker.
0: pitching in Oakland in a wild card game isn't going to be the toughest thing that Charlie Morton's ever done.
1: I I, I don't want to sound like we're counting out Oakland here because I think Oakland they're an amazing th- team. Th- there's yeah. there's a very good chance that Oakland wins this game on Wednesday. It's just I I think Charlie Morton is a difference maker in this one. And ironically, a starting pitcher amongst two teams who doesn't use, who probably use the least amount of starting pitchers this year.
0: So when we pick later, we will go Rays against the Astros. Yep. Game one in Houston on Friday. So at WFUV Sports on Twitter, I asked for these wildcard picks. I also asked who wins the Yankees' Twin Series, which is what we're about to preview, and in how many games. We got a couple replies. So our good friend David Bernard Santana, replies Nationals because of Mad Max, so he just thinks that Mad Max gives them an inherent advantage there, and they'll ride that to victory. Oakland, just because that's how he's currently feeling. These two teams are incredibly even. I think we share that sentiment as well, but he's feeling Oakland. And he says Yankees in four games, which I think has been a very popular pick that I've been seeing throughout social media. We do have one more. We have one more DM. But I think we are all in agreement with what David is saying here. Incredibly even teams, A's, Rays, even though we are picking the Rays here. And then Mad Max does give the Nationals an advantage.
1: Yeah, I, I think for sure. But the one thing with the Nationals, I'm a little nervous to see how how Davey Martinez uses his pitching. And it's it's not necessarily a bad way because you're going from Max Scherzer to a, another Cy Young candidate in Steven Strasburg. And then you could argue another one in Patrick Corbin. But I, I'm just... I'm a little shaky on how the Nats can use their bullpen, and I have a little more confidence in Milwaukee's bullpen, especially if they get a lead early. But, again, I, I think is going to give them six or seven strong innings.
2: Just remember, too, Davey Martinez's first playoff game tonight. Yes. That's, that's, that's a true. real factor, right? Like, we talked about it with Aaron Boone last year and some of the inexperience coming back to haunt him. And Alex Cora was in his first year, but he handled that scene.
1: He handled it pretty well. Better than right?
2: better than Aaron Boone, yeah. I, I made a flow chart during the playoffs last year. It was like Cora how managed Boone. And, eh. yeah, did Alex Cora make the decision? Right. That's a good move. You know, it's, it's that's, that's what it was at the end of Jackson, the Jackson, you talk
0: about this sometimes. I think you can overvalue playoff experience of players sometimes mm-hmm. because there is a body of work there. I think with managers, it does come into play, and those pitching decisions are very important in, in oh, the course yeah. of a playoff game. If you are an inexperienced manager and you're not up to that challenge, it can really cost your team, especially yeah. when you're facing a premier manager. So that's something to watch in these games. It certainly Kevin is. Cash hasn't had one.
1: And you're talking about a guy in Craig Council who was – probably the best manager in baseball last year and one of the most creative managers. In ba- he took that Dodgers team to seven with a much inferior Brewers roster. In that was a fun series. It was a very fun series. I mean, he went, what was it, game five where Wade <laughs> Miley threw one batter? He threw to one batter and got taken out. It's
0: perplexing.
1: It, it was. It, it was awesome, though, at, at, <laughs> at the same time. But, yeah, I, I think the managerial aspect is certainly a factor in this one. Good point, Jimmy.
0: G-Holmes19 tweets us, Give me the A's because I think they'll get to Morton early. So we, we said the Rays would get to the A's early. If it happens the other way around, that would be the scenario where the A's win. He also says, Give me the Brewers because the Nats have an awful bullpen. Again, how does Davey Martinez manage this game? I've come so close to changing my pick to Milwaukee
1: (laughs) so many times because I I am a real believer. It wouldn't surprise
0: any of us if the Nationals coughed this up. I'm
1: a real believer in in what Craig Council is doing, and I'm a real believer in Milwaukee's bullpen, but I – Nationals have to get over the hump at some point. They're too talented not to, and I I think they are going to get to Woodruff early in this one, and I think that's going to be the difference maker for Washington. But listen, like like Garrett said, at the same time, you really have – you, you, you don't know. like You have no idea with this Nationals team because every time you pick them, they seem to let you down.
2: And also just remember, the Nationals don't have to necessarily use their bullpen. Yeah, they don't. It's a bad bullpen, right? I wouldn't use it. Sean Doolittle, you know, they had Daniel Hudson at the back end, Fernando Rodney at 42 years
0: old at least. They couldn't handle a big series against the Mets in the regular season <sighs> with yeah. Sean Doolittle on the mound. So imagine playoff time, and they're using Sean Doolittle, and he's running out of that gate in the ninth inning. He also has the Twins in five off late-inning home runs because that's what they've done all year. So he likes the Twins' power to play late against the Yankees. So let's use that as our segue. Yankees-Twins, we're going to cover one of the local teams, Yankees 103 wins, American League East champions, and they face the Minnesota Twins who – Look, heck of a year for the Twins. They're not those same old Twins or your grandpa's Twins, as some people would say, <laughs> where they're just going to fold over and lose this series. 101-61, and 61, they win the Central, which was a hot pick preseason for some people. Yankees-Twins, Game 1 Friday, Yankee Stadium. Guys, I think this is a very intriguing series. These are the two most power-reliant teams in baseball. 307-306 to 306 in the home run race, the year of the juice ball, and... Kind of similar in that they have a lot of upside with their pitching staffs. Starting rotation I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Berrios, is either throwing at the Yankees. Yankees are throwing guys like Paxton and Severino. Upsides are good. Downsides are very bad. And then the bullpen, I think the Yankees have a massive advantage in the bullpen. I think that's what this series is going to come down to. The Yankees have a much better bullpen than the Twins. It's
2: an intriguing series. I'm going to make a bold pick here. I'm going Yankees in
0: three. You think they're going yeah, to sweep him again? Yeah, I think
2: they're going to sweep him again. Because I I don't think the Twins had the starting pitching, and I never thought I would ever say this in my life. Michael Pineda, big loss for the huge, Twins. Huge, huge yeah, loss. Yeah, that's a big He's loss. He was pitching well. He was pitching really well. You could argue he was their best pitcher outside of maybe Barrios. Imagine
0: but... him back in Yankee <laughs> Stadium, the
1: scenes. Yeah, that
0: oh would have been interesting. Oh, my God. <laughs> and... <laughs>
1: Dude, the amount of pine tar chance they would be would oh. be ridiculous. I wish he had game two. I wish he had game two. This isn't pine tar in my head. This is a sunburn. But... And if the Twins have <laughs> to do
0: two bullpen games after Odorizzi and Barrios, they don't have much of a bullpen. No. To so,
2: or, or somebody's going to have to go on short rest possibly for them if they get to a game four. But I just don't see them having the pitching here. I think the Yankees have – it's a battle of power pitching versus power hitting from the Yankees to the Twins, right? Correct. The Yankees have the bullpen. They've got guys like Severino in the rotation – So James Paxton, I think, is going to start Game 3 right now with the injury. We'll see.
0: We'll see. I could easily see them going many ways with this. There's been a lot of debate. The way I saw it playing out was Paxton in one, Severino in two, and they put Tanaka, the veteran, on the road in Game 3. But I could easily see them playing it like, okay, how do we want to rest our bullpen? If we pitch Severino Game 1, we can empty the tank behind him with the bullpen. We trust Paxton more for length in Game 2, and then he's still lined up for a Game 5. And then if you go Tanaka game three, you have an off day and you can pile up the bullpen behind him I think there's a good chance Severino could start game one here
2: yeah and and that'll be interesting to see but the Yankees have so many power arms and especially out of the bullpen I mean you you take your pick Chapman Adevito, of Britton any of these guys and I think that'll be enough to you know are they going to contain the twins offense no it's probably going to play out like that series in July where every game was was a heart attack (laughs) 11 to 7 or 11 to 8 yeah it'll be something like that it'll be high scoring games it'll be fun but I think the Yankees have a lineup to match up with the Twins, and the power pitching I think is going to really help out the Yankees. And I'm going to pick them in a sweep. I'll probably regret
1: it soon, but you know I, I, I'm <laughs> no going to no I'm going to take the uh, I'm going to take the Yankees in the Jackson,
0: first. you've been moaning and groaning back there. No,
1: I just I, I think that that's an interesting thought about Severino going game one. It's not one I agree with because for one reason only, I you put Severino in, you're in a spot where you really have to use the bullpen game one, and I think the Yankees would rather. Go Paxton, especially if he gets in a little trouble. Really, he's a guy that can give you length regardless, and they want Fair. to hold the bullpen late. But coming out with that fire, I, I think Severino kind of just wants to get some stuff off his chest, so he does. I can definitely see that being an option for them. I think this is going to go five. I really do. I, I have Yankees in five because I think that Jimmy, I think you're underwriting the Twins a little bit. And yeah, I listen, I, I I I get the history between these two teams, and it's not the same Twins. This is a really good Twins team. Offensively, obviously, we know what they can do, but their bullpen is very underrated with what they did this year. Taylor Rogers was tremendous this year. They had Trevor May, Sam Dyson. They had a ton of guys out of that bullpen, including Sergio Romo, who who did a lot of damage this year. And the starting pitching is obviously my biggest question because I think if the Twins are going to make this a series, they have to take Game 1. They, they have to win Game 1. I could see them winning Game 1, And I can too. see them winning Game 1 because – Berrios under the spotlight in New York is a matchup I love because I absolutely love Jose Berrios. And I think he's gonna go toe to toe with Paxton. And I think it's really gonna come down to does Minnesota get to Paxton? Because Paxton has had first inning troubles this year and he has had some early inning troubles. Obviously he's figured that out. He over discarded his last them 10 in the second starts. half. Yeah. But again, people also have to remember this is James Paxton's first playoff start. As I agree. Well. yeah. yeah. He's if he's next does factor. Make, if he does make this start, I mean obviously he could go Severino, but I think Minnesota's going to get game one, but I think the Yankees are going to win this one in
0: five. It's interesting. I can go many ways with this Yankees rotation in this series. The way I think about it is, if the Yankees are comfortable with using the bullpen a lot in game one, think about it. The bullpen will be off four days off. They pitched all their big guns on Sunday to make sure they were fresh for the playoffs. Four days off. Severino probably wants to come out under the bright lights and electrify Yankee Stadium, get that stuff off his chest like you were saying, Jackson. You empty the bullpen behind him, potentially, if, he, if he's of the shorter variety in Game 1. Game 2, Paxton is a guy you could rely on for some length. Game 2 to Game 5 in the division series is normal rest. The guy you want to pitch twice is James Paxton. He's your best pitcher. He's your dog. He's the guy you want to go twice in a series. Game 3... I think it's Masahiro Tanaka. That's just the way I see it going. And I can see them using Tanaka in a couple ways. They're not letting him go three times through the order because he gets absolutely shelled third time through the order and the Yankees aren't going to take that risk in the playoffs. They also tried him in front of an opener in the final game of the regular season to get him accustomed to that. And Tanaka said, I'm comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. So could they be using Tanaka after Chad Green or someone of that sort? I think that's possible. So I would say... Be open to any possibility with this Yankee rotation as to how they're going to line it. Also be open to the fact that they may get very weird with how they use their pitching staff this postseason.
1: May get very weird? I think definitely going <laughs> to get very weird. I think <laughs> they, they have to. And,
0: and if it goes game four, if the series does get a win by the Twins, you're going to see an opener. So there isn't a fourth starter set in stone for the Yankees. I like the Yankees. I, I think they're better than the Twins. Could the Twins win the series? Yes, they're a very good Twins team. You look at what the Twins had to face this year, and and I'm this is with a grain of salt because the Yankees did feast on a team like the Baltimore Orioles, Thanks the bottom three teams in the Central: White Sox, Royals, Tigers. Twins feasted on this yeah, year. Terrible. So they are a 101 win team, and I'm not going to take away from them being a 100 win team. But I think they're more that good 92, 93 win Twins team we're used to seeing. So I'm not going to overrate them and say they're this juggernaut. I do think they're better than the teams you saw in 2009, 2010. I like the Yankees in four games. I think the twins get game one though. And then the Yankees went three straight after that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, yes, the twins have a really great lineup and Nelson Cruz at the Fountain of Youth at 39 years old, having still great year after great year. And, They've got some, a lot of other guys that could hurt you in that lineup as well. I just – I still don't see it, at least with the starting pitching. And granted, they're going to have to get very creative. And this is another one, too, with the novice managers. Rocco Bald- Baldelli, who's done an amazing job with the Twins. Awesome job. Should be up there for AL Manager of the Year. Yeah. I don't think he should necessarily win it, but he should be in consideration. You know, It's also his first playoff series, so how is he going to get creative with the bullpen? How he, How is he going to use those guys once the starters potentially go haywire? So I picked the Yankees in three. Could I see the Twins taking a game? Of course I could see the Twins taking a game, which is why I usually don't predict sweeps. But <laughs> I, I, I like this Yankees team. I really think it's a good matchup. For the Yankees, I don't think these these teams are necessarily that disparate talent wise.
0: Right, I just think it's a really good matchup. I think for the home Yankees. field for the Yankees means something in this series too, because you know the Bronx plays a factor. They love playing at home, fifty seven mm-hmm. and twenty four at home this this season. If they had to play games one and two on the road, I'd almost definitely predict this to be a five game series. I just like the fact that the Yankees have that home field. I also think they're pretty comfortable playing in Target Field, evidenced by how they hit there when they went in mm-hmm. July. So I like the Yankees in this series. I do think the thing that makes the Twins scary this year is they know they have demons against the Yankees. They know that previous Twins teams have folded over. Mm -hmm. Everyone's probably discounting them in a lot of ways in this series. And they're probably going to say, look, there's a different year. We won the division when a lot of people didn't expect us to. We're a really good team. We're not getting enough credit. I'd use that as bulletin board material if I were the Twins. So I think they're playing with house money right now. They're happy being AL Central champions. And I think that makes him a dangerous team. So that's why I expect it to be a better series than people are giving giving credit for, in a sense.
1: What do you think Joe Mauer is doing sitting at home, <laughs> being frustrated <laughs> that he retired after last year? I mean, he I'm, been sure part of he this. Would, I'm sure he would have loved one last shot at the Yankees. My X factor for the series is the managerial matchup, though. I, I think that Rocco Baldelli has to outmanage Aaron Boone in this series, largely with how he's going to use his bullpen because – I don't think people realize how good Minnesota's bullpen was this year. They have five or six arms who all had sub threes this year out of the bullpen. Tyler Duffy had an insane year. Sam Dyson also was great in a big bounce back year for him as well. So Rogers had
0: that big blown save yeah, against the Yankees. Roger,
1: Rogers had that blown save, but he was great all year. Right. So, outside of Barrios and Odorizzi, the Twins don't have a ton of options in terms of starting without Pineda. So, They're probably going to have to throw a Kyle Gibson. They probably might have to go Martin Perez. So they have to be able to go to their bullpen early, and Baldelli has to have the confidence in his bullpen to say, hey, I'm going to need multiple guys to go out and give me multiple innings because that's the way Minnesota is going to have to win this series. They're going to have to obviously get one with Berrios and Odorizzi, but they're going to have to find a way to manage another to get it to Game 5 and force that.
0: And getting one is crucial because that's going to be the difference between falling behind 2-0 in the series at Yankee Stadium and whether they're overwhelmed or not by that moment Mm -hmm. that remains to be seen so we all have the Yankees here let's go into our overall playoff picks before we wrap the show so we'll start on the AL side we had the Rays over the A's in the wild card game we already have the Yankees over the Twins we broke that one down so let's go Houston Tampa I think this is a very interesting series
1: it's gonna be a fun one for sure I I have Houston in four though I also have Houston in four um, I love what Tampa can do, obviously, with mixing and matching their pitching, but I think that Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander are just going to outmatch Tampa Bay's lineup, and I think Houston's lineup is the best in No G-Man right Choi now. magic? We might get one game of G-Man Choi magic. I think he gets a walk-off all, we, in the series, we'd that's we'd all, my one we'd take. We'd all love to see a, some g The G-Man one Choi game magic. they get is
0: a G-Man Choi walk-off bomb
2: we'll see uh moses malone would be proud we've all got 4-4-4 four, four, four with the the astros so yeah i, I think <laughs> i think the rays could take maybe game three where they go back to the triple. Right. like there's said, been
1: way too much agreement here guys yeah i know we, I'm sorry. we, are
2: we better disagree agreement. on everything on oh the don't worry coming don't up. worry we, we got some but uh you know i think i think the rays could contend with the astros i think they could play them competitively but you look at that lineup bregman eltuve Springer not Alvarez is going to be the AL Rookie of the Year. I mean, I'd put that up against anybody. No John
1: Meanslove? No. <laughs> <to be honest. laughs>
2: I would put that up against anybody. So yeah, I think the Astros are just too much for the Rays. I think they might be too much for everybody else, too. But I think in this series, I like the Astros
0: in four games, which will be closer to three than five. Mike Petriello, who does a lot of that StatCast, Advanced metric stuff mm-hmm. on Twitter, and writes some really good stuff, he said this might be the best team of all time, referring to the Astros. Now, it's a hot take, but when you look at the team and it's well-roundedness, you have eight guys not line up with like a 900 OPS or better. It's like really crazy.
1: Talent-wise, it's up there for sure. Let's, but uh, I, I'm going to give some love to the Red Sox from last year. I mean, this is you got to remember the Red Sox won 108 games last year. This Houston team only. What about won the 98 Yankees? I'm they, um, again they're in there as well. <laughs> like, I'm not. I'm not. L- let's slow the roll on most talented team till we. St- well, let's judge that after the exactly. World Series. If
0: they can win two in three years with yeah. this team, I- I'll start talking about all-time comments. So Astros win, Yankees win. Right now, our mean average for that Yankees series is four games. So so both are winning yeah. in four games. And then we go Yankees-Astros. It's almost like a collision course right here. Baseball wants to see it. Everyone wants to see it. Rematch of 2017. The Yankees are a better team than they had then. The Astros are a better team than they had then. Adding Zach Granke, the pitching's even better. The mm-hmm. bullpen's better than it was in 2017. So it's really meant to be for these two teams to match up. Houston would have home field, which I think is big. The Yankees would need to get at least a game on the road if they want to win that series. Guys, I'll go to you first. I'm going to leave my Yankee bias out until I hear your take. I
1: appreciate the admittance of the Yankee bias. I appreciate it because I would be the same thing if it was in my position. But I like Houston in seven. Um, I think the home field is a difference, like you said. I think the starting pitching is a massive difference because for a few reasons. One, they're going to give length, and Houston's bullpen's going to be much more rested than the Yankees' bullpen. I think that's absolutely going to be a factor in this series. By game
0: seven, Tommy Canley's arm might fall off. Houston
1: in terms of talent wise, I think you can argue is similar or at least can compete with the Yankees in the bullpen because they just have so many good arms. I mean Roberto Osuna obviously Ryan Presley was one of the best relievers in all baseball this year, especially when he was healthy. So I think that Houston as a lineup and the starting pitching is a difference, not because of how good they are but the amount of length they can give to rest Houston's bullpen. And when they need them in a big game seven to come up, they're going to have that availability. Whereas for the Yankees, they're going to be held back a little bit by their starting pitching, not because of the talent, but because of the length that they're right. getting. Because the only one I look at as a guy who can really give serious length to the Yankees is James Paxton. Tanaka obviously can do that on any given night but i don't trust him enough to do that so and they won't li- trust him to do that. yeah and so I, I i like houston in seven just because with the way that they're going to be managed i think they're going to be more well rested for the alcs and the bullpen's going to be more up Jimmy. to the task in new york
2: i'm going to go houston in six okay. um i like that i like that matchup for them i will give you one wild card here and that's the health of carlos correa because I think he is tremendously important to them, and I think him being out, despite how good that Houston lineup is without him, I still think it changes things if he's not there or he's not 100% for the ALCS. He says he's going to be ready to go for the... Division series, but
1: remember how good he was in 2017. He was very right? good, good in 2017. Faced off. So it'll be interesting to see with him. But yeah, I like, I
2: mean, this Houston lineup can hurt you in so many different ways. I mean, Michael Brantley's a the guy they picked up in the offseason, had a terrific year. You know, we were talking about Jordan Alvarez before. And like you said, out of the bullpen, too, I think they're going to be better rested. And I think the advantage for them, too, is maybe their bullpen isn't as good as the Yankees, but they're going to get more length out of their starting pitching almost correct. certainly. That's so exactly my point. Yeah, So correct. you put those three guys, right? Verlander, Cole, Granky and you get a couple innings out of the bullpen, you're probably going to be fine. So yeah, I think the Yankees lineup can compete with Houston, but I think I think Houston's the best team in the league. And I think for as good as the Yankees are, I just still think Houston's better. So I'm going to go with
0: them. We six. have to disagree on something. So I'll go <laughs> Yankees in six, and I think if it goes seven, the Yankees don't have a chance. I think if it's game seven in Houston, I think the Yankees are going to lose that again. So if I'm going to pick the Yankees in this series, I'm going to go six. I think they take one of the first two in Houston. The Yankee Stadium advantage plays in again, and then they're able to grab game six before it gets to game seven. So I like the Yankees lineup. I think the lineups are about even. Uh, yeah, You have so many quality hitters up and down both order. So I'm going to go Yankees in terms of having a great bullpen. They'll overutilize the bullpen. It'll pay off for them. I think in terms of the short options they have out of that rotation, it's almost like Those little bursts are just as good with like Severino and Mm -hmm. Paxton giving you some length. Tanaka first two times through is a great pitcher. Severino is an electrifying arm, so I think the Yankees will be able to make it work. They'll get very creative with how they use it. Maybe you don't see traditional starters in that series out of the Yankees, and you see more bulk guys. So I'll go Yankees in six. So you guys have Houston in the World Series. I have Yankees in the World Series. Let's go National League. Dodgers-Nationals, round one.
2: I have Washington in that series. I uh, don't know about four or five, but I just think the Nationals pitching can compete with the Dodgers. I think the, I don't want to say the Dodgers are overrated, because you never call 100-win teams overrated, but I, I think they're a team that has more weaknesses than the, the last couple of years teams did, um, especially 2017. I don't think they're as good as they were in 2017, and they had a similar win total. I think they were actually a little better uh, win total-wise. But no, I'm going to go with Washington. I think Washington is maybe the most talented team in the National League. You know, up and down that lineup, they can hurt you. Soto, Rendon, among others. Um, I I like Washington. I think they're going to be able to mitigate for their bullpen well enough. Obviously, I think this pick changes if the Brewers
1: win tonight. So there is a lot contingent on it, but I'm going to go with the Nats. I'm going with the Dodgers. I have the Dodgers in four in the series. I think the Nationals are talented enough to win, obviously, but. I think not having one of Scherzer or Strasburg or possibly both within the first two games of these series is going to hurt them, especially with how they're expected to use these guys in the wild card game. And if there's one huge concern I have with the Dodgers, it's their bullpen, because even though they've had so many guys step up this year, this is Dodgers team is different than the Dodgers teams of the past because Kenley Jansen is not the same pitcher that he is. And that that is my main concern for LA going down the stretch, but I think starting pitching-wise, they'll have enough to get by Washington. Kershaw, Bueller, Ryu have all had terrific years. They can go deeper than that if they want, and the lineup is obviously the lineup. They they can do damage, and a ton of guys who've also been there before. So I, I like LA in this series. Officially,
0: I'll just go Nats in five. Okay. I'm going to go yeah. Nats in four, and I love the Nats. I think if they get by the wild card game, they are a prime candidate. To take down LA and I don't think LA is that much of a home field advantage so if you're able to roll out let's say you have one of Corbin or Strasburg available for game one and you're able to snatch a game in LA I love the Nationals chances of winning this series so Nationals in the LCS for me and then we'll go Braves against the Cardinals real quick guys I'm gonna go with the Cardinals
2: in this series but I think the winner of this series is gonna advance out of the National League wow. and go of the world okay. series.
1: I agree with that take and I'm also taking the Cardinals uh I have concerns about the Cardinals because for well for multiple reasons but I think they're kind of riding a hot hand over the last few few weeks and few months but I'm not a believer in the Braves for some reason I have a s- lot of concerns about their starting pitching I don't think it's going to be enough for them going forward even though I love their pieces in the lineup I love Ronald Acuña I I think that the Cardinals have figured something out down the stretch. Jack Flaherty has been the best pitcher in baseball over the last few months, who was my Cy Young pick on this podcast. So I I think that the Cardinals are going to win this series, I'll say, in four.
0: I'll go cards in four, too. I'll go Braves. I think the talent is just better on this Braves team, up and down. So I'll go Braves in five, but a very entertaining series. I think Flaherty plays a huge factor, like Jackson was saying. But I like the Braves based on the talent gap to eke it out. So you guys have – Jackson, you have Dodgers against the Cardinals. Yes. Jimmy, you have Nationals against the Cardinals. Correct. And I have – we all have different NLCSs here. We need to disagree at some point. I have Braves against the Nationals. I'm going nationals to the World Series based on their pitching. I think it's a new Nationals team. They could easily lose this wild card game, but if they get by it, I think it's a new era for the Nationals. No Bryce Harper, no distractions. They have a bunch of young talent, young hitting talent. I love Anthony Rendon. I love the rotation. Don't use that bullpen and you'll be fine. Use your starters in a creative way because you have four great starters. I like the Nationals to the World Series. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, you you bring up, don't use the bullpen as a way for the Nationals to get yeah. to the World Series.
2: I don't know if they're going to be able to win seven playoff games just saying, we're not going to the bullpen. I mean, the Red Sox kind of did that last Anibal year. Annabelle but... Sanchez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Out of long relief. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> the Cardinals have questions. Once you get beyond Jack Flaherty and Miles Michaelis out of the starting rotation, I think that's a question, but their bullpen's fun. Carlos Martinez coming out of the bullpen for them, I think it's fascinating. And I'm really fascinated to see how that goes in the playoffs. But man, I just like that Cardinals team. I like the lineup. I picked them to go to the World Series before the season. Um but I just like Goldschmidt, Ozuna, some of the other guys that they have. I think they're good enough to get it done. Uh the National League is I think we all agree more wide open than the American League. You know, there's more parity. There's less hundred game winners and i think the cardinals can come out of that and i think with the way the matchups have gone you know i have cardinals nationals i just like the cardinals better at that point because after everything that washington will have gone through by the time they get to that series with using their starters out of the bullpen and maybe going to five with the dodgers and maybe going to the wall in the wild card game i think it'll be too much to handle so i'm going to go with the cardinals
1: i also like the cardinals to go to the world series wow. um listen there's so much about me that wants to pick the 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 Nationals to go to the World Series. I know I have the Dodgers beating them and there's so much about me that wants to pick the Dodgers but there's something about this Cardinals team that is it's almost like a weak spot for me. I i don't know what it is but their starting rotation has stepped up. I know they have concerns outside of Flaherty and Mikolas but I mean Dakota Hudson was great down the stretch for them. Adam Wainwright had some type of bounce back year for St. Louis which I think is a difference maker for them because they couldn't go that deep I think if you asked me earlier in the year, but. I I love their bullpen. Giovanni Gallegos has had a terrific year. Carlos Martinez, like you mentioned, who I still have gripes about that he's not in the starting rotation, but he's been great there. They have so many options out of the pen, and their lineup figured it out. Paul Goldschmidt had a much better second half. They have a lot of guys in the upper half of that lineup who I think can get to this Dodgers pitching. I just think it's too difficult for the Dodgers to go to three World Series in a row. That's my one concern. That was my one crux the
0: entire year. Everyone's saying it's got to be the Dodgers. This is their year. It's really hard to go to three straight. The postseason's too random. I don't care how talented the Dodgers are. And the National League, people are underrating the talent that's in the National League right now. So I think the Dodgers are not going back to the World Series. I think that's what... We all agree on here. Mm -hmm. So you guys have the same World Series matchup, Houston Cardinals. I have Nationals Yankees. So let's go with you guys first. Who's your World Series champion before we wrap?
1: It's going to be Houston. They're the best team in baseball. They're one of the best in baseball history. I know we mentioned the Petriella comment earlier. I wouldn't say they're the best, but they're certainly up there. And I think that top to bottom, they are just so deep at every position that – not only is that so important in the playoffs, but so important late in a World Series matchup where I just think they're going to overpower St. Louis. I like Houston in five in the World Series. MVP, MVP, Alex Bregman. He's, he's been the best player for them all year long. If there's a dark horse candidate... I think it's going to be Michael Brantley because I think he's a guy who's just going to hit the entire postseason, and I can see him being a guy who ends up with like a four hundred slash line in the postseason. So
0: finish the season slow.
1: Yeah, he did, but he, he's a guy who he's as what they call a professional hitter. So. AJ
0: Hinch also veteran manager in yep. these spots, and but he's I, a great manager.
1: I like Houston in five. I think the Cardinals are no match for. Them. Uh, I'm going
2: to. I think it's going to be more competitive than that actually, but I'm going to go Houston in six. Uh, MVP, I'm going to say, Justin Verlander in the World Series. I think he gets two starts, wins in both, is incredibly dominant, swings that series in favor of the Astros. I think the Cardinals can compete with them. I really do. I think the lineup's competitive enough. The bullpen's competitive enough. I think the world of their manager, Mike Schilt, uh, maybe that's just because he's not Mike Matheny, and we saw how much better the Cardinals were when they switched over Mm -hmm. from Mike Matheny last year. I think the Cardinals can be competitive in this series were it to happen. But like you said, I mean, Houston's depth, their talent in all areas of their team – uh, their front office deserves a world of credit. They have never stopped making this team better. Zach Granke, they pick up, who had a historic pitching season mm-hmm. only back in 2015, where he had a 1.64 ERA, I think was the exact number. Mm-hmm. So you you have to like Houston in that series. And they're guys with playoff experience. They've got a bitter taste in their mouth after last year. And I think this year they come back, they finish the job, they win two in three years, and we have to really start talking about them as a dynasty.
0: So I have Yankees-Nationals. Interesting. New York, D.C. are going to take that. Amtrak down so I like the Yankees in six games and Giancarlo Stanton is my MVP interesting it's just a good feeling I have about this postseason so many bad narratives surrounding such a good player I think he's gonna shut some people up so I like Giancarlo Stanton as my World Series MVP Yankees win the World Series which is a unpopular take considering the Houston support here but I mean, there are a lot of good teams in the playoffs, so it could go a variety of ways.
1: My, the only teams that can compete with Houston, in my opinion, are the Yankees, who I think could win the World Series, and the Dodgers. And my only concern about the Dodgers, like I mentioned, is that I just don't think they have enough in the tank to get back to another World Series. And listen, I could, I will gladly eat my words because they are talented enough to win it, but I just think that they're out of gas. I've, As a, someone who's watched so many New York Ranger teams over the last 10 years— it, it wears on you going deep in the postseason that much especially when you're playing 162 game seasons that and they've extra had that division on tough. rap for it, like really two months tough. now yeah, so,
0: so it's tough when you're considering that
2: I think the two best teams in baseball are the Astros and the Yankees so I think that ALCS in some ways not not in every way, but right. I think in some ways will be a de facto World Series. Uh, I like, agree with Like that. the NBA some years in the Western Conference, you look at the Conference Finals and you're like, yeah, whoever wins that is the best team in the league. I think about that kind of the same way. Where if the Yankees beat the Astros, I say, well, they have to be the favorite in the World Series no matter
0: who they play. And I think that includes the Dodgers. Should be a fun postseason. We'll bring you episodes throughout the postseason. And be sure to follow our WFUV sports coverage of the Yankees' run in the postseason. This has been Nosebleeds Playoff Preview.